Yo, 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 what's going on? It's CJ the Day Slayer from the Upgrade America Podcast 2.0, the remix, the revamp. You know how we do. This should be episode four. Um, I'll keep this on here. But anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching on YouTube. We appreciate you. Stay safe, stay blessed, enjoy the episode. Interconnected networks. Thanks for tuning in to the Upgrade America broadcast. On this show, we're going to be teaching you about Bitcoin and how it relates to current events. And we also discuss creative ways to upgrade America. I'm Cameron Ra. Pleased to be joined by CJ the Day Slayer. Bro, how the heck are you? And what are we talking about today? Oh man, I'm great, fantastic on this lovely Sunday. And what we're talking about is ender, is it gonna be the end of sovereign immunity? We're gonna mm-hmm. talk about Bitcoin. We're gonna talk a little bit about the NBA, throw a little fun in there. Uh, mass mandate, we're gonna discuss that. Um, putting out the assassination of Putin to the world. <laughs> what are we doing here with this? Uh, we're gonna talk about the State of the Union, give our thoughts on it. Uh, also, bonus, we're going to talk about how to diplomatically prevent World War III. How would you mediate this situation? So we're going to go back and forth how we're going to do this. Well, yeah, exciting show. I'm going to take it from here on a little, discuss a little bit about sovereign immunity. How I interpret sovereign immunity, it is an agreement between nations that, hey, you park some money over here, I park some money over there. I'm not going to mess with it. I'm not going to quote unquote steal it from you. Pardon me, I got my gloves on. I just hit the bag before we did this. But anyways, you're not going to mess with i.e. freeze funds or, or, or seize gold. And while it has been done to criminals and terrorist organizations, it re- I don't recall it being done to nations with nukes. And CJ, that's in the past why it's it's you believe that every nation should have nukes, and I used to disagree, but now when you understand from a diplomatic perspective, it usually means negotiation between before hostile uh, military force. Anyways, the world is seeing that with the switch. If you don't agree with America's politics, and I'm not in this Russia-Ukraine thing, I don't really know what's going on. So I'm I'm out of that. But anyways, the world is seeing that if you don't agree with America's politics, with the EU's politics, with the flick of a switch, the push of a button, your assets can be frozen. You will not be a global financial network. So where does Bitcoin come in? Now, you know, if you have gold, you know, you may have to park that gold in another country just because it's more secure like Switzerland, you're like, yo, ain't nobody crossing the Alps and scaling mountains to seize gold mm-hmm. from Switzerland. So a lot of nations park that. 
there, your heart goes there. But if you don't agree with politics now, they can be like, nope, <laughs> your goal is my goal now. It can be seized and reallocated. So nations are seeing like they're seeing they're understanding that if you have bonds and you have cash and accounts, you don't agree with our politics, push with a button, it's reallocated, it's frozen. So Bitcoin, you can't do that. Bitcoin is so sovereign, it's like in this age where sovereign immunity is dissolving right before our eyes. Bitcoin exists and says, F you, IMF and these monetary, global monetary institutions. But um, it's going to be very interesting now that other nations are seeing that and acquiring Bitcoin to uh, avoid these sanctions. One more thing I want to speak about on that is there's speculation of India may be placed under uh, sanctions for arms deals with Russia. And as things progress in Taiwan, China could face the same thing. Do we really want to uh, impose sanctions upon nations with nukes? Like, that's a, it's a very di- weird situation. But again, Bitcoin gets you all around that. My goal is peace, love, Bitcoin. Get some. Over to you, CJ. <laughs> Um, you bringing up the sovereign immunity, I was thinking about that. Just the idea of you can't be sovereign if somebody doesn't agree with you, just like that, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't think about that angle until you brought it up. I was like, man, um, yeah, it is scary, but like you said, I, I really agree with pretty much everything you said. I really have nothing to contest the fact that and we talked about this, um, that countries are tired of being oppressed. <laughs> so they're finding creative ways to keep their sovereignty, so to speak. So Bitcoin is coming. Like as much as I don't know about it, as much as I'm learning about it, that shit's coming. Bitcoin is sovereignty in a bottle, meaning you can hold your entire nation's wealth in in your hands on a little on a little flash drive, right? Yeah, that's but crazy. <laughs> the thing is, Bitcoin is the only. It's like the only property that you literally have to torture someone to to seize it meaning if your bitcoin is encrypted with your your private keys private keys meaning they are a, a series of words that you put in and it allows you to access your bitcoin they have to torture you to get that information before they can seize your bitcoin gold is like boom one to your head give me all your gold cash same scenario applies bitcoin you can't do that whether you're a sovereign nation or a gangster or, or some sort of no you can't do that with bitcoin but again i'll rant about this the whole day man take it away uh i just wanted to touch on the nba i don't know if can watches he doesn't watch as much sports but this is kind of like my segment i'm um, just really excited to see the young stars becoming superstars Ja Morant, luka Doncic. um I think it's LaMelo on the Hornets. And then I'm really excited that there's a lot of more, it's a lot more competition in both sides, both conferences, the Eastern Conference and the West Conference, Western Conference. And so I've been very excited. Granted, I haven't watched as many games because of studying, which I'll do a little segue with that. Um, 
it's just very exciting to see the NBA growing to a more youthful place. LeBron's getting old. He's like our age. <laughs> He's an elder statesman at this point. Um, yeah, that's it, man. Just excited. I've been seeing some fantastic athleticism. Like, I love basketball. That's my first love. So to see just what's going on in basketball has been really cool. So that's how, all I got, really. How has the game evolved, uh, you know, since you were a kid and today? Uh, it's all about three-pointers, which I don't necessarily agree with. Um Duncan? Say again? No more slam dunking. Like, oh no, dunks is still crazy. I seen some amazing dunks this week. Oh my god! I've seen them all over time too, and it's just the art of that is dope. I I think um the skill has risen crazily though. Like to see somebody six ten handling the ball like a point guard, like somebody that's six one, like and they're fast and they're big. Like to see that is amazing. Like um most of the time when they jump from high school or one year of college, they're able to just start dropping 25 points a year, like in their first year. Like you couldn't do that back in the day unless you were like a superstar already. Like just to see that, the need to not go to college because they see college isn't worth it. And you have all these avenues to become a first, no. No. Uh, The first one, straight out of high school. Ooh, that's like way back there. Be, I, I would have to look that up, actually. Like Kobe was straight out of high school. Kevin Garnett, um, I but think. Didn't Kobe play? Um, didn't he play in Europe first? No, he. he um, I think he might have played in Europe, but not professionally. Um, okay. He jumped right into right into the league from high school. Um. So basically, I give you a quick, short run version of that. Now they have a G League. That's another league you can go into to develop. They pay pretty decent. Then you have you can go the overseas route, and then they got like all kind of avenues to become a pro. Now it's not just just the NBA. Say like again. How much does G League pay? Average salary. You can make, you can make I think a hundred grand up to five hundred grand in the G League. And how does that compare to the NBA salary? I know guys at the other, at the high end of the spectrum, you know, they're in the millions, but like... Yeah, they make, they can make like 40 million a year. That's like superstar level. Um, Yeah, they can make like 40 million a year. I think, I forgot one of the biggest contracts is like 200 and something million for like a few years or something like that. So the NBA is the, are the highest paid athletes, do you think? Baseball. Baseball. Yeah. Baseball. Uh, I would say NBA is second. Besides uh, soccer. Soccer, they make more than baseball. I think soccer and baseball, like um, international soccer, not domestic soccer. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. If you can't. Yeah. Um, That's really it. Any thoughts? I mean, did you ever watch NBA? Like, yeah, man, like, again, I used to be a sports fan until I went overseas, and then it was like, oh, yeah, you got to stay up to three in the morning to catch the Knicks <laughs> in Korea, or, you know, what yeah. time do you have to watch the Super Bowl? In oh, man, yeah, it was crazy in um, 
I had to be. I'm like, nah, man. I, yeah. I, I'm not doing this. So after I kind of got unplugged that way, I, I've been a highlight type guy. Well, uh, to be uh, perfectly honest, I've been more of a highlight guy too. And I think it comes with age, to be honest. You're doing way more stuff in life. So you're not sitting around wasting time. Like, nah, you got a life to run. You got to build. You got to upgrade America. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> so that's all I got on the sports segment. We just wanted to throw a little levity in here. Um, I would like to keep going though, man. Just so yeah. cover some highlights. And then boom, 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 knock that out for people who aren't really plugged in and they, they can get an idea of what's going on in that room. Yeah. Um, mass mandates, they dropping anytime soon? What do you think? What's going on? Yeah. Did you not see the um, the State of the Union? <clears throat> let's let's talk about it. There's a popular meme going around where it's like, you see Joe Biden on Monday, he's outside with a mask on. And then Tuesday, he's inside with, let's just say, 250 people. Well, I know it's way more than that. But let's just say over, over 200 people. Mm-hmm. And the mask is like, la di di da di da And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty much over. They, there's evidence that suggests that it was superfluous to begin with. Like, it mm-hmm. didn't. But uh, we all, there's the whole popular idea of meme going around like hey if you can smoke fart through a mask like the virus can go through there too but here we are man how do we move forward i don't know i would i would suggest the asians had it right most asian countries when you have a cold or whatever wear your mask and keep it moving like that should be a seasonal thing like we should adopt that here in the u.s um but other than that yeah, I've noticed here, I can speak locally. I've been noticing uh, businesses that took the mask signs down, mask requirement signs here and there. I, I still have to wear it at work. So I want to see, I'm curious to see when that drops at work for me. I, I gauge the pulse by whatever Walmart's doing. <laughs> if mm. Walmart's making people wear masks, I'm like, oh, it's bad. If Walmart is just saying, suggesting, hey, do you want a mask? And I have the, the, the ability to say, no. And it's like, nah. But if they're at Walmart and they're just chilling there, like, hello, they're not wearing a mask. They're not offering any mask. Pretty much know what it is. Like, yeah. I think there's still was some pushback in New York City, mm-hmm. keeping masks. But I'm really not. Ukraine is the latest headline. COVID was so yesterday. Yeah, pretty much. We beat COVID, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, Huh? No, it's like, thank you, Putin, for helping for beating COVID overnight. So let's talk about it since you bring that segue into that. Um, you know, somebody talking about assassinating Putin. What's up with that? So Lindsey Graham, I guess there's a tweet going around and more or less he's imposing for military forces in Russia to take him out. And while it seems like a simple solution, like, yeah, have other people do our dirty work. We never really discussed what a power vacuum is. CJ, can you tell our audience what a power vacuum is? Basically, the simple version is if you get rid of a leader or a dictator or whatever, 
it destabilizes the country. And also now you got all these factions trying to suck up the power and it causes nothing but chaos. Um, you see examples of Libya, Iraq, it's a little weird on that one, but those are two best examples is Libya and Iraq. Iraq was one of the nastiest uh, insurgencies mm. I, I can recall historically, but I mean, <laughs> imagine an insurgency of that magnitude in Russia's way bigger country, and they have nukes. So you have a general over here on the left saying, hey, I should be in power. And you have a general over on the right saying, I should be in power. And then it's just a power struggle from within. And that can get very sloppy and international quick. So no choice, but I want to interject one more thing. Once you open the door to assassinating political leaders, the same rules apply on the home front. Mm -hmm. These times of turbulence, everyone can be bought. Yes, absolutely. Why America justified assassinations against Saddam Hussein and also Omar Gaddafi was because they presented themselves as military soldiers. They're often seen in military uniforms. Mm, yeah. Where you, when you start killing men with ties, men and women, well, some women wear ties, but like yeah. when you start killing political leaders, you're that's a whole that's a whole nother realm do do we really want to want to open that door let's keep diplomacy in the window of diplomacy and let the military handle military operations that's my suggestion i heard somewhere this interesting uh quote or not quote but saying um politics is war without bloodshed and war (laughs) is politics with bloodshed that's an interesting analogy, and they, they bleed into to one another. Mm-hmm. And I was but, like, I didn't think of that. That's a good point. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think it was irresponsible for Lindsey Graham to say that because we're not, we're not, um, you got to remember, we have every nationality here in the U.S. too. Yes. So you can be touched, basically. <laughs> long story short like <laughs> nobody's safe globally i mean if you really want to break it down so this is not the old days where you know it took a big ship to get here in like a year or something like nah like much smaller exactly we know this so um yeah that was very irresponsible but what do you expect it was undiplomatic absolutely and that's what we wouldn't do we're in charge. We know what to do. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what else we got? Thoughts on the State of the Union speech? What did you think of the speech? I just watched the highlights. I was not sitting down for an hour for that. So, honestly. I watched it and it wasn't as painful as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Some rhetoric and um, I guess maybe he made a slur about protecting the Iranian people instead of Ukrainian people. That became a meme very quickly on Twitter. But um, the performance was good. The talking points, it, it was a lot of rhetoric and fluff, but no. 
dates or deadlines. One big takeaway: Did you catch get him at the end? Say again. Did you catch where he said "get him" at the end? Nah, I think I missed that part. Yeah, it's in there. Some speculation of who he was talking to, and was it to? Was he telling the military to get? Oh, you froze up on me, bro. Yep. Ah, you back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you froze up on me for a moment. But um, there's some speculation of who he was talking about. If it was, if he was telling the military to go get Putin or Ukrainians to go get, I don't know. But yeah. yeah. Um, another takeaway is that he did not. While he there was mention of Russia being an adversary and, and sanctions and, and, and all these these promises. Mm-hmm. In the future, there was no mention of, of, of China whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, overall, it wasn't so painful. You know, mm-hmm. I, I things for dog whistles and all that good stuff, and maybe they flew over my head, but I didn't notice anything. What was um, your time? I just listened to the highlights, honestly. Um, yeah, like you said, a lot of rhetoric. Um, I don't know, the theatrics annoy me watching that. Like watching everybody stand up and clap. Um, I like how they made a meme out of the one guy, Schumer, getting up when it wasn't time to clap yet or whatever. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, that was funny. Is, is like, you know those cams at the baseball game where they, they show like they're doing real wild stuff? They zoomed in on him, right? Well, because I'm watching it live. And then it's like they panned away from Biden and they're like, they zoomed in on him and he's just like, oh, it's not time to clap. But you keep how I think Nancy Pelosi whispered something to Kamala like, yo, we don't need to stand up every time. Because <laughs> Kamala kept, every time she's standing up and then they, they started like sitting down more for a while. He's like, we can clap and sit down. Another thing I noticed is just the age of everybody in there. I was looking, you know, we talk about this. We need to get younger. And I was looking, I was like, everybody in here pretty much is a senior citizen. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is why stuff is not ran in a more progressive, uh, futuristic way. And I, that kind of angered me because I'm sitting there like, I don't see like nobody our age in there and younger. Nobody, except the two guests they had for political reasons. The whistleblower from Facebook, that lady, and then they had some kid to use as an example about insulin prices and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just really discussed that we need to do better. We need to upgrade America. We really do, man. Like, it's time. Like, that was a notable observation, too. It was just like, it was like a dinosaur party. Yeah, I can I can imagine the place smells like uh, <laughs> full of grandma. But, uh, yeah. um, let's talk about this. How do we diplomatically prevent World War Three? So, <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> I don't want to say it seems inexorable, but it, it's a very difficult equation to balance. And, we discussed mutualism. Mm-hmm. I agree. All parties, you know, 
all parties need to be it needs to be a win-win and i could think of, of ways that hey you could satisfy nato in the west western europe aka and and russia but maybe not the ukrainians mm. because it, it could be easily said like yo ukraine you're not going to be part of nato for mm. reasons you know we would like you to act as a buffer state between two former hostile nations in order to keep the peace. Ukraine should have the, I don't want to say the responsibility, that should be their purpose. It'd be like a, a buffer, like a Switzerland between them. Yeah. But Ukraine should still be eligible to some of the benefits of NATO and the EU. I like that idea, actually. That's a great idea. That's kind of what it comes down to, really. like. You know, we were sharing stuff back and forth about why Russia's doing what they're doing. Um, it's really for economic reasons. They say all this other stuff, but it's like they want that port area because of their climate. Russia can't um, trade or have access to trade like they would like to. to Hold help on, build the port the area. Economy. Say again? The port area where? Near Ukraine somewhere in that area. It's like because their water freezes up and stuff so but ukraine is able to have that kind of trade that um it's some area i sent it in one of the videos but um go ahead couldn't that be a part of the deal as well to appease russia like yo additionally you cannot take ukraine but we will open access to you know so you can conduct trade maybe even give some some discounts on whatever transportation costs but Mm -hmm. explore these options or maybe even russia could invest some money in ukraine as well to make it shipping traffic can flow better i don't know but um before we blow up the world peace love bitcoin but you're kind of cutting out that's my proposition no that's a good one because um really russia's mad i i I think i brought this up before they're mad because they're not in the eu and nato and all this stuff that's what they're they're mad about really they're they feel left out of all this stuff i mean in essence well the thing is like it would be so mutually beneficial Mm -hmm. for for europe to western europe to partner further partner with Russia because I didn't realize and I'm not gonna throw out any numbers but like the dependency that Western Europe has on Russia's energy production and it's like it's so symbiotic like yo like find a way to to work this out like Russia is huge when you look geographically it's it's humongous are they bigger than the, the United States. Mm, land wise, I wouldn't say like city wise and stuff, but land wise. No, wise, because the, where the land is, the resources are. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Russia spends, touches Western Europe, and then it, then it's like it circles back around to where it's like it damn near touches Alaska. So Russia's freaking huge. But yeah. I, I don't know, man. I think it's just be a negotiation with energy trades. Yeah, that's what it really boils down to membership because Turkey is having the same issue. They wouldn't let them in the EU. And it's like Turkey has 
resources too. They're a great country to partner with, actually. Um, every country has their dirt or stuff they do, but at the end of the day, we all need each other somehow. I think the U.S. for the most part is one of the only countries that is self-sufficient for the most part, can be if, if push come to shove. So but what man? In, Energy-wise, like okay. we really don't need anybody's stuff. We choose to do that. Um, I, I don't know. I do agree that they need to sit down at the table and just hash all this out so we can move on, to be honest. I think it's kind of a waste, but it's going to have to play out how it's playing out now because blood has already been shed. So we'll see. I still say it's not too late for negotiations. True. They're talking about negotiations, actually. I, I read that. They're talking about doing some talks and stuff. So we'll see. Um, shout outs. Running up on time, you know what I'm saying? You got any shout outs, any thoughts, any observations, any of that? Shout outs, shout outs, shout outs. You first. Um, I just passed one of my first exams. I'm on this IT track for cybersecurity, and I have to go through the office suite of Microsoft Word first to get my foundation, and then I start on other certifications so i passed my first one microsoft word it was very challenging because i haven't really used word in years since what high school maybe a little bit in the air force here and there but um so i passed that so now i'm on powerpoint next i have used powerpoint but um it's really challenging but i always give a shout out to learn key it's a, a veteran program i can put the link in there so you can put it on there for vets and they do online uh, IT training. It's pretty, it's pretty comprehensive. So you can use Voc Rehab or a GI Bill towards this for all my vets out there, um, and they'll fund it and go from there. Cool. Um, I don't really have a shout out on the tip of my tongue, but uh, an honorable mention. I stumbled upon a, a, a site called App My Site. And it allows you to turn your WordPress site into a mobile application. So okay. you get, get all that coding and stuff like that and boom, make an app. So that's something I'm looking into. It seems very promising. Figured I'd share for anyone out there who needs to build a, like, an app overnight. Um, that's what's up. Yeah, I do want to, um, I guess, end on a uh, philosophical note. Okay. So... Do you, are you familiar with causality, i.e. cause and effect? All right, hold on, that's the timer real quick. This is, all right, go ahead. With a cause and effect. Yeah, somewhat, I guess, in a basic form. But like, it is a fundamental element of like the universe, like everything is ruled by cause and effect. Like for every equal and opposite reaction, all I'm saying is, like, in a world like that, do we have free will? Do we have choice? Mm. I question that sometimes. I could say that honestly. I do question that. So I'm going to take it a step further in detail. Okay. If a simulation of our experiences every variable and cause and effect and that was run in a, uh, a quantum computer where it could 
everything, would you think that it would it would come out the same way? Or would it Hell no. Nah. <laughs> Hell no. Nah. I already know it would. Nope. No, I mean from it replayed every variable, everything that you did in this reality was captured in data. Like you scrap it, it's represented in data. You, it, I don't know, you had this thought or you, you ate this food. It's all captured, represented in code. You think it would play out different with the same laws that apply in this reality in the simulated one? Oh. Yeah. Won't be the same. I think if it's not perfect, if it's just one, because there's variables that whoever's capturing them is unaware of. And I think that even if it's 0.00001%, something that you missed, the whole butterfly effect would throw it off. Back to the future, perfect example of what you're talking We're in a a huge quantum computer someone's just trying to figure out how to buy bitcoin at the highest price and just run or he or she is running these uh these scenarios in a quantum compute but yeah one more thing on the outro remember every day before a nuclear holocaust <laughs> but yeah <laughs> what are your closing thoughts cj Nah, it's just been an interesting time. The last two years, it's interesting to see how our thoughts and ideas from Upgrade America has played out in actual politics. Um, yeah. Not saying we come up with the most original or whatever, but we were talking about a lot of this stuff and seeing it implemented wrong. But um, some stuff are good, but that's been interesting and just seeing where we're going. And then us personally, as individuals, as a team, uh, what we've conquered and been through. I think that's what I'm most proud of. And in our digital legacy as well, they're still growing. Yo, soon to be on the blockchain, gonna figure it out. But the blockchain is forever. And that's where we're heading. Upgrade America. Peace. Catch y'all Peace. the next. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. God bless.